This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Joining us today is a man named Bernie, who's all about catching wild dogs and wild kiddos. In fact, he's helped some 1,000 kids get their life back on track through an organisation called Backtrack. And he joins us right now. He's our amazing person for today. Good morning, Bernie. Terrific. How are you? Mate, fantastic. Bernie, can you tell us about uh, what Backtrack is and how you and why you started it in the first place? Yeah, look, it's uh, it's an organisation um, set up to work with young people, I guess, that have run out of uh, uh, run out of options. You know, so your standard kids probably, um, you know, if you, if they're not entirely disengaged with the education system, they're right on the edge of that. Uh, they'll use at least their three police cautions. Uh, many of them have already been. Uh, locked up. So they're kids that are um, toughing it out. They come from all walks of life, from uh, you know the North Shore in Sydney uh, through to the Northern Territory. Uh, so we work with about 40 young people at a time. Um, we've got our own school set up. We teach them a lot of trade-type uh, skills. So we've got a welding shed and uh, we do a bit of mechanical work as well as um, teaching the kids carpentry. Uh, and then... Um, keep them out of trouble on the weekends. Uh, we've got a, a pack of about 30 working dogs, so we teach all the kids how to work the dogs, and then we um, travel around the countryside on weekends competing in various dog sport events. Mate, what, what's, um, that, what's that like for a kiddo who's, you know, had everyone else give up on them, and then they've got no other options, and you step in and you're like, mate, I'll help you get your life back on track? How does a kid respond to that when they get that? Oh, uh, look, they're pretty sad and pretty busted and angry when we first get them, you know, a lot of mental health issues and mm. uh, drug and alcohol issues. When we first started, uh, we were dealing with uh, kids that were sort of 16 and 17. Mm. Uh, there's an alarming statistic in Australia that says one in five kids of high school age, so under the age of 17, don't do anything. They don't go to school, they don't have a job, they do no kind of training. So when they first come, it takes takes a fair bit of time. These kids are usually pretty damaged and disengaged, you know, with their communities. Um, and, it, and it takes time. And one of the reasons the program works is because we hang in for the long haul. You know, often we'll have those kids for four, five, sometimes six years. Um, but it works and we turn it around and we have nearly a 90% success rate of getting these kids into jobs or back into full-time school. Incredible. That's brilliant. Can you can you explain uh, more about how the program works and, and also th- what the point of the dogs is? Yeah. So there are only two local government areas in New South Wales with long-term juvenile crime rates with a downward trend. One is Tweed Heads, which is down a small percentage, and the other is in Armidale, which is down something like 40%, I think. Um, so we know that uh, 20% of the kids will do 80% of the damage, if you take those kids out of time, out of town at times uh, of highest risk, which is usually Friday and Saturday nights, then hey presto, this is not rocket science, uh, but those kids are not in trouble. So the dogs, um, they do a few things. One, uh, they give us a reason and events to travel to on weekends. But the other is when we, <coughs> excuse me, when we start with them, the first thing we do is let a pack of dogs off. Um, and it's kind of a, a bit of a metaphor for a fresh start with them, you know. The dogs won't judge the kids. Um, the personality of the dog nearly matches up with the kid every time. Uh, and it just gives us non-verbal ways to work with things. You know, taking the dog for a walk, doing some stuff, how is he responding to that? 
and then we tie that into uh, you know all aspects of their lives so uh, the dogs also work in schools in a prevention program so we go into the primary schools and uh, kids sit and read to a dog for an hour a day um, our girls program take the dogs uh, into nursing homes into the old people's homes um, so they're sort of in every aspect of what we do I was really blown away when I introduced a dog in our household, just the relationship between my son and the dog. You know, now my son's eight, you know, he's a bit younger than a lot of these guys, but there's a real profound connection that happens between, I guess, a bloke and his dog. Yeah, look, uh, it's an amazing thing and we just see it over and over and over, um, you know, and our kids now, when we started, as I was saying, they were 16 and 17, we're now getting referrals at 10 and 11 years of age. So these kids are not making the transition from primary school to high school. And we see with those kids exactly what you see when you introduce the dog in, into your program, into your family home, you know? Yeah. They just do something special. They sit, they don't judge, um, you know, and uh, they just, I don't know, there's just something uh, pretty unique about uh, that connection, that bond, and you know, you see it with your own son. If if you're able to to share it, mate, we'd love to hear about one of the kids and how his life was, you know, personally radically changed. Like, if you've got a story like that that you can share, we'd love to hear it. Oh, look, I've got uh, hundreds and hundreds of them. Um, <laughs> one that stood out to you, bud. Uh, we've got this young kid. I won't identify him, but an indigenous kid that had been under the care of the minister. Uh, so he was living in a motel room for six months. Uh, the paediatrician said the kid was actually shrinking. He's 10 years of age when we get him. Uh, he won't talk. He's got no eye contact. Uh, for the first three months, and this will test your uh, your patience, mm. but for the first three months, the kid did not say a word, just wandered around chucking rocks. Um, and, you know, you look at the behaviour, oh, boy, it's easy to get cranky about it, but, um, you know, this is the state where we got the kid. Um, <clears throat> two and a half years down the track, what does it look like? He's going to school full time. There's so much life in that kid. We've got him involved in sport and uh, he attends all the, the activities on the weekends. I think when I see that, uh, you know, that kind of stuff and once he gets a driver's licence and then a job, um, you know, uh, that kid was heading for a, you know, uh, a life of incarceration and welfare payments. Mm. Uh, and if, if you don't ever sort that, you know, the anger and the hurt and the pain out uh, at that young age, I think it gets scary by the time they reach adulthood. So that's one type of an example that I see every day, and I just love seeing that kid's big smile and bouncing in and, you know, mm. no more trouble with the cops. Um, you know, got all the alcohol and drug stuff under, um, you know, being managed. Um to me, they're the success cases, but they take time and it's, um, it's not an easy business. Uh, as I say, the damage is just extraordinary. Uh, Bernie, uh, you, you mentioned that about you have about 40 kids at a time in this program. Mm -hmm. um, do you wish you could do a whole lot more than that? Uh, no question. Mm. I think the toughest part of the job is turning kids away. Mm. We've got something like 200 kids on the waiting list at the moment. Uh, you know, just last month we had over 100 phone calls from different communities saying, how can we get something like yours started? Uh, but it's not easy. The way it's funded is <clears throat> complicated. Uh, we're not eligible really for government funding for most of our programs uh, because of the way we've got it structured. 
that's sad to hear because I think what you're doing is really extraordinary, <clears throat> boss. Um, you do have a documentary too that people can show, right? If they are interested in in yeah, supporting so you, can you get guys. It on- uh, iTunes and Google, it's on all the various internet things. Backtrack uh, Boys. Backtrack Boys. So we were lucky enough to have a international filmmaker, Kathy Scott, uh, came up and followed kind of specifically four or five kids uh, for about two and a half years. So you get a really good look of the value of having long-term programs and the key messages that we have. You know, you can't get kicked out of Backtrack. Um <clears throat> So, yeah, that's been out and that won the Sydney Film Festival Award, the Audience Award last year, and won it in Melbourne, uh, I think up in Brisbane and Canberra. Uh, so it's just going crazy. And uh, we just had a book released as well um, a couple of weeks ago that's um, going crazy at the moment as well. So um, that's back on track. Everything's got a track in it and a back somehow. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, re- find the book, uh, watch the film, and uh, you can find out more about Backtrack at backtrack.org.au. Bernie Shakeshaft, thank you so much for sharing um, about the amazing work that you're doing. It's been really inspirational to hear it this morning. Uh, terrific. Appreciate you um, showing the interest and taking the time. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.